0: Sandy, I've been listening to you for five years, and I have told so many people to listen to you, you know, now on your podcast, too. My name is Jim. I'm from Texas. I live in a little community called Point Blank, and you are a trusted source of information for all your wisdom and for all the things you do. I pray that the Lord will continue to give you today the needs of tomorrow, and all the things that you need to continue on in this that you've been called to, because you are such a blessing, and you are a such trusted source. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and keep the good fight, because you are an inspiration to so many of us. God bless.
1: All right, Sandy Rios with you. Jim from Point Blank, Texas. That was a real shot in the arm, and I, I appreciate it so much. Bruce and I both do, and so thank you for those comments, and of course, you you know, we all need encouragement, and so I appreciate every word that you said, so thank you, and if you would like to call in, now look, I have a number to call, but I'm not saying this because I want you to call and cheerlead. In fact, I remember, I my producer can tell you, Adam can tell you, that for the years that I've done live radio, I, I've asked him not to take the calls that are just there to, to give me accolades. I don't that's not why I'm asking this. That that call line has been set up so that we can have some kind of connection. Since it's not a live show, I can't take your calls and I can't respond to them, but this is the way we can interact. So yes, you're free to call and say nice things, but it's not just that. It's also, if you don't like something, if you don't like something we're doing, something we're saying... Uh, something we have done, a guest, whatever, you can call in and make your your um, your statement, your opinion known. It's 662-821-2040. I would say for all of you, you can't go on and on. It's only two minutes. Okay. So make sure that you have your thoughts concise in your head. Maybe make some notes before you make that call, but it's 662-821-2040. Also, if you have a question, we're going to do a whole show on your questions uh, coming up. So uh, if you have a que- just a question about something that you've heard or some other issue that we've talked about, it's 662-821-2040. Also, you can send those questions to Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Getter or Tooth Social or YouTube or Rumble. And you can find the podcast at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or our home base, which is AFR.net. If you want to make it really easy, you can download the app on your smartphone, AFR. uh, And that makes it simple because you can listen then anywhere in the world. Uh, So there you go. That's the commercial. Except um, today we're going to talk about something really amazing. You remember that Mark Hauck? Uh, The pro-life dad that was arrested, he had seven children. The FBI came like 20 of them early in the morning, pointed guns at him and his family. His wife is nursing the baby in the back room. It's just, it's shocking. And this happened just uh, in the fall of 2022, so it hasn't been that long. Well, we're going to talk to the attorney that represented him, get more details of that case, and uh, celebrate uh, with him the victory, the great victory they had in the court in Philadelphia uh, recently. Uh, but first of all, let me just say that Preborn has made all of this possible. We are um, going to be adding more sponsors, but for now, Preborn, you know, stepped out with us and we're very grateful. And isn't it ironic, you know, Preborn's a sponsor and we're going to be talking about Mark Hauck, the pro-life father who was uh, facing, you know, a decade in, in prison if the, the Biden Justice Department had had their way. So preborn.com slash Sandy is how you support Preborn. Their mission is not just to save babies, although that would be enough. Uh, they also concerned about the spiritual welfare of moms and people around it, and so they actually do give the gospel. That means the good news of Jesus, that there is a Savior for all men. That's you, that's me, and I don't care who you are, what your last name is, or what color you are. Jesus came to take the burden of your sin and give you a new way of living, and pre-born is in the business of making that clear. Uh, they provide this ultrasound from these highly sophisticated machines for these moms who are confused, and they don't know if they want to keep their baby It's $28 for one ultrasound and for to save one baby, $28. So if you go to preborn.com slash Sandy, you can make that donation. Or if you can afford more than $28, I hope that you will be generous. Whatever gift you give, it's tax deductible. Okay, so listen now. You just have to sit back and relax. For the next episode of Sandy Rios 24-7. pro-life supporter who regularly prays outside of a Philadelphia abortion clinic is facing federal charges for allegedly assaulting a clinic escort. Pro-life remark. Hawk is a Catholic father of seven. His family says that he was arrested Friday by more than two dozen FBI agents who came to the door with their guns drawn. A senior FBI so- source told Fox News that the guns were not drawn and only around 15 to 20 agents were at the home. If convicted, Hawk faces up to 11 years in prison. All right, Sandy Rios, with you. Well, this is a case that shocked all of us back in September of 2022 when uh, the FBI, like 20 agents, came to Mark Hawk's family. There's a video of it. Uh, a lot of confusion. They point a gun at him. His little kids. That's what seven, I think. Uh, his wife is calling from the back. She's breastfeeding the baby. It is just horrific. I don't, I don't think uh, any of us that saw that will ever forget it. Well, the case went to court, and uh, we're going to talk more about the details of that. But they won the case. They won the case. And the attorney that worked on that case uh, is someone I've known for years. Thomas More Society was founded by Tom Brecca who's also a great friend. I just have to tell you, these are sh- my Chicago roots. Uh, Joe Scheidler was a very dear friend. Tom uh, Brecca got involved as an attorney defending him and then dedicated subsequently his entire life to defending people in the life, um, people who have little unwanted babies and trying to protect people that were trying to protect them. Peter Breen has joined in this, and he is the executive vice president and senior counsel for Thomas More. I've seen... Peter. I knew Peter when he was not married <laughs> because he was uh, he very young. He has served two terms as an Illinois state representative. Uh, by the way, he left a lucrative law firm to go work with Tom Brecca. And now again, he's the executive vice president and senior counsel. And one more thing before I actually let him speak. He's done things like this, okay? So things like this. He's defended David Dal in the state of Texas. He defended David Dal Sandra Merritt, who was a uh, David's partner, David, was the one who did undercover videos of Planned Parenthood uh, alleging that they were selling baby body parts. Uh, He has um, uh, defended the Center for Medical Progress, which was David's organization, against the National Abortion Federation. And we could go on and on. He's done so many fine things under the banner of Thomas More Society. And he joins us this morning from Chicago. Peter, thanks for joining us. Hey,
2: glad to be here, Sandy. Thank you.
1: Well, now, you've been doing this for quite some time. I'm just curious about one little detail. When we all saw that happen in September, do you guys reach out to someone like Mark, or does Mark have a pipeline? Because he is a Catholic activist. Uh, He's an activist in the pro-life movement. Did he pick up the phone and call you?
2: Well, it it turns out we were already representing Mark. Uh, He had received a target letter from the, the federal government back in May of 2022, saying, "Hey, there's a grand jury. They're looking at you." Uh, and so we put uh, one of our team members, who was a former federal prosecutor himself, very distinguished. He put him on the case, and he had uh, re- and the letter from the from the FBI says, "Hey, we want to talk to your attorney." Well, he called twice, sent a letter, and got no response. And the letter actually said, uh, "If you're looking at Mark because of this incident uh, from from October of 2021." You've got no case. Uh, we had just won. We at Thomas More Society had won a case in 2019 in Philadelphia, uh, that that Eastern District area, uh, and so we said, "Look, you've got no case. You know, this this isn't a face act violation, of federal law about uh, access to abortion clinic entrances." And then, but we said in the second part of the letter, if you decide to charge him anyway, we will we will present him. Uh, so you know, no nobody even needed to leave their desk. We would have brought Mark down to the courthouse. And and so that was the thing. It's not just that the guy's house was raided by twenty five federal agents. It's that there was an offer from a for, former federal prosecutor, distinguished, to bring him down to the FBI. So not a single law enforcement person needed to be pulled off of their duties uh, in order to get Mark, you know, in front of the judge to, you know, be arraigned and what have you. Uh, so. That was really the travesty of this situation—that you put this family in danger. You know, his wife, their seven kids. You've got agents with long guns out, uh, you know, pistols, ballistic shields, battering rams, and, and you know, cars parked across his lawn. Uh, for a man who has no criminal record to speak of, you know, no, you know, no history of, you know, it's not like he was a drug lord or some sort of, uh, you know, violent criminal. He was just a regular guy, you know, with a bunch of kids and. They came out against him in this way, so that that's how it. uh, We were already representing him, so when this happened, you know, we jumped into action. When we saw the charges, we hired the best criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia to join the team, and so uh, yeah, look, we wanted a guy who could speak Philly uh, to the jury, and and not just that. I mean, he is.
1: (laughs) We all saw my cousin Vinny. We know what you're talking about. (laughs)
2: Sure, yeah, because, I mean, look, I speak Chicago, uh, you know, to some (laughs) extent, uh, but I don't speak Philly, and uh, it is a very unique town, and and it was – but also, I mean, this gentleman, Brian McMonigle, is – I mean, he is one of the finest trial attorneys I've ever seen in action, and uh, so it was really a joy to be able to try the case with him. So he and I tried the case, but we were able to bring, you know, decades of experience in abortion-related litigation and and just, you know, the experience of – Uh, You know, doing what we do, uh, you know, in this in this unique area of law, along with a guy who was just an ace in the courtroom in Philadelphia, and so that's how we brought it. And you know, the DOJ brought their best; they brought in their top trial attorney from Washington D.C., who who wrote the book on how to prosecute a face case. They had, you know, just a very skilled prosecutor out of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Philadelphia. And you know they had every every bit of the resources of the federal government behind them, and I mean we could tell. You know they flurried us with papers and this that and the other, and so you know we and we fought back and we 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 dumped pretty good paper on them too. So uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, when everybody got to trial, the jury believed our witnesses, disbelieved the government's witnesses, and, and there were key holes in the government's case, uh, which caused uh, caused us to get a not guilty verdict with. The final jury being in place, we had to replace a juror in the middle of deliberations. But when the final jury got into place, they delivered a full not guilty verdict within under an hour.
1: Wow. That's amazing. In the city of Fidel- Philadelphia. In the city of Philadelphia. And, and
2: this was, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, Sandy, this wasn't a jury full of, you know, pro-lifers here. I mean, this was a diverse jury, African-American, Asian, uh, white, old, young, male, female, they came together. They were conscientious in their deliberations, and they came out with a not guilty very quickly.
1: Yeah, let me just uh, kind of give some context to this, Peter, because uh, as you and I both know, after the leak of the Justice Alito memo on the Roe versus upcoming Roe versus Wade reconsideration, this is back what I can't even remember the timeline. Maybe a year ago, not quite. Maybe, uh, maybe last spring, um, yeah. the uh, the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, went into overdrive. Uh, because pro life uh, activists were then in that category of domestic extremists, domestic terrorists. And so they went on a wild uh, spree uh, that covered a lot of people besides Mark Houck. And I, I just found out in a briefing in D.C. yesterday, Peter, that we know now that the FBI has been incentivized, FBI members, FBI agents have been in, in, incentivized financially to go after domestic, ex- domestic so-called domestic extremists or terrorists, whichever you fill in the blanks. They've been incentivized financially, and that's part of what's happening here, just so that you know that. So let's, let's go back. I, can yeah. I ask you a couple of questions? Because uh, on that arrest, you know, True. I covered that live on my morning show when that happened. was fascinating, and th- this... Uh, escort for the was it a Planned Parenthood clinic or an abortion clinic with a different name? Right.
2: So, yeah. So, so there are two big abortion clinics in Philadelphia. This one was in front of the Planned Parenthood, and so and, and uh, although our man Mark Hauk uh, he prays and counsels in front of both and the abortion escort who was very aggressive, he would actually do the same thing. So, so but this particular incident, this was in front of Planned Parenthood, and and they brought the Planned Parenthood CEO to testify in court. That was their first witness. Uh-huh. So we could talk about that.
1: Well, they have a lot of uh, power. They have a lot of tax dollars, actually, mm-hmm. to help them along. So uh, I saw the video, and the thing that seemed interesting to me was this happened a full a year, nearly a year before uh, the FBI raid against Mark. So he, you can see the video. He's standing on the corner, um, doing what count, sidewalk counselors do, and you can't see the full thing. You can't hardly see his son, but the story was that this we saw that Bruce Love, who was the escort from Planned Parenthood, escorting girls in uh, to protect them from people like Mark Houth. That's the theory uh, because he's so mean, you know. Uh, So they have to have escorts to protect them. So this uh, escort, uh, Bruce Love, allegedly came up and started shouting at Mark and mostly uh, saying really horribly vulgar things to his son and to him. Can you fill in the blanks on that at all, or would you rather not? I don't know, as his attorney, if you want to get into that. Yeah,
2: so... So here's the thing, and, and, and it was um, because of the rules of evidence, we couldn't get into the full history between Mark and Bruce. I mean, Bruce Love had been uh, in, a, in a clinic escort for 30 years at that clinic, and Mark has been going to that clinic on and off for 20 years. So these two knew each other, and Love has got a mouth on him. Uh, and so he—regular w- usage of every foul word that you can think of, uh, inappropriate mean, I can't even allude to what he would say in terms of his uh, uh, certain uh, you know, inappropriate sexual references. Uh, I can't even allude to it on a family radio program. Uh, and so Love would say this to Mark, and he would say it even when Mark had his son with him. So his oldest son would come with him to, to pray and counsel, because his oldest son is in the Philadelphia Boys Choir. His kid is literally a choir boy. And he's got them there. So he'd bring them down to the city. And so they'd go pray over to Planned Parenthood's person. He'd take them to choir practice in the afternoons on Wednesdays. And so there was a history there. And Love came up to Mark. And he came up to the two of them. They were, they were well away from the entrance of the clinic. And there were very few patients that day. Mark had seen maybe a couple of patients in a half, you know, a half hour earlier. And so Love comes up, doesn't, doesn't just walk out on the sidewalk. He's coming right up, making a beeline to them. Mark tells him, go back, stay away from my son. I mean, Mark, Mark you know, said, you know, get away from my kid. You know, the, go, go back. What does love do? Uh, Mark's son was standing just with his back up against a wall. Uh, love stands two feet from his kid, two feet from his 12-year-old, his then 12-year-old son, right next to him. Uh, and he's jawing with Mark this whole time. Well, so Mark's son moves away, tries to go over, goes over by his dad for protection. Well, and, you know, and then he, and actually Mark's son even went around the corner of this building. Well, love comes, and love and Mark are John, love comes off the wall to look around and direct comments back to Mark's son. At that point, Mark got hot, you know, started yelling at him, go, go back. And Mark said this in court. He said, look, I got hot at this guy. You know, he, he is not leaving my son alone. He keeps harassing my 12, you know, then 12-year-old and son. And this is
1: vulgar stuff, right, Peter? This is very vulgar
2: well, stuff. And, and you know, Sandy, I mean, in the in the interest of total precision, I don't know if this particular incident was vulgar or if it was just insulting his father, saying your dad's a bad man, your dad's hurting women, you know, why is your dad doing this? I mean, like, this guy is just, this this escort is just constant I mean, if you can imagine just like a dental drill, just, just going after you and after you and after you desperately trying to provoke Mark into a confrontation. Mm-hmm. So this is one of our legal theories. I mean this is what we told the We So look, this guy was looking, he was itching for a confrontation. This this uh, this this aggressive abortion escort. And so this was a, this continued, Mark told him go back, and the guy went back. Well, and then Mark turns around. Well, then the uh, the escort turns back and starts coming back toward Mark and his son and jawing again. Mark Mark wheeled around and pushed him because there was nothing else he could do, um, and you know, and the guy went to the ground. You know, got a little, he scraped his elbow apparently, and that um, that was the federal crime that uh, the DOJ said uh, should send Mark to prison for up to ten years in the federal penitentiary.
1: Okay, so Here's um, the yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> so, look, I, I've got yeah, other things.
2: So, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I want to hear from you. you know, the, yeah, the escort the escort actually brought a, a private criminal complaint the matter was considered in the municipal court the state court that's where it should have gone and you know if there was a crime there then then fine it's a state crime the municipal court threw it out because the abortion escort didn't show up twice there they, they were trial was set they were going to have trial that day he didn't show up twice so the second time the judge said i'm not you know no dismissed and so that's where the matter should have ended instead the de- somebody in washington decided they wanted to try to make an example of mark Halk. And took this took this trumped up uh, incident where a guy is repeatedly trying to provoke you, you know, with provoke you by attacking your child, going after your kid, uh, and so that was really the basis of the case. And you're not supposed to; it doesn't become a federal crime unless you're actually trying to to get at someone because of what's happening in the clinic. You know, like you're trying to stop people from getting in. So it's a typical thing. You know, you block the door. Or uh, if somebody goes after an abortion doctor because he's an abortion doctor. You know, that's what that, that's about. It isn't about sidewalk squabbles or a guy aggressively going after Mark's kid and provoking a
1: confrontation.
2: So well, that's, we should, that's where we are today.
1: Yeah, let me. Uh, I remember in 1994. I was on the air in Chicago doing that famous radio show that brought me to wherever I came. I don't know where I came. I'm maybe I'm not there yet. Anyway, it, uh, the FACE Act was passed in 1994, and it was just pretty shocking to us because it was uh, there. I don't remember the number of feet, but you can't get. You have to stay so many feet away from an abortion clinic, and so pro-life uh, pro- demonstrators, protesters, people who pray. Have meticulously kept that for these many years, and that's the violation they charged Mike with that Mark with with, that he was not. You could see in the video he's he's not breaking that restriction. And I also want to point out uh, just for a second that since that uh, leaked memo of Alito's, resulting then in a later decision to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade because there is no uh, nothing in the Constitution to provide for abortion, there have been over 150 acts of physical damage and harm done to to pro-life or a, 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 a crisis pregnancy centers around the country. Absolutely no charges brought, and yet they come after, Mark and others, they've come after a lot of pro-lifers. It's really disgusting. You came up with an incredibly, really incredible defense, something that who, who had anybody else found what you found? You went back into the archives, whatever you did, and you found out that this attribution of the uh, Biden Justice Department on FACE was completely false, even based on the, uh, the birth of the FACE Act. Can you explain that?
2: Sure, sure. And, and we've got to remember, I mean, this win was a huge win, big black eye, public, national news, and so big win for pro-life. The danger here was that sidewalk counselors, Would have to live in fear, and it would give would be open season on sidewalk counselors. Let abortion, you know, let these aggressive abortion escorts, you know, provoke and provoke and provoke. And if there was any contact made, the feds would jump in. You know, ten year uh, prison sentence uh, at potential. Senator Ted Kennedy, the great liberal lion, he was the sponsor of the FACE Act. In the middle of this, as we're briefing it, I, I asked one of my guys, "Can you please go back and look at the Senate floor debate, see what went on?" And wouldn't you know it, we found out Senator Kennedy actually said on the floor of the U.S. Senate, they amended the bill to say this does not apply to escorts. So we found that no court has ever cited that. And and I talked to other, you know, experienced practitioners from 94 on. Nobody had known about it just because, I mean, the issue never was squarely presented or what have you. And so it is our sincere hope that between that legislative history, this big win in court, that the doj will stop because otherwise i mean it really is frightening to sidewalk counselors that you know if somebody's coming at you and you happen to lay hands on them to you know get them out of your way or what you know just get away from me you, know, you do a defensive posture that all of a sudden you're going to have the feds banging down your door you know guns drawn and all of that so this is extremely important but it's something i mean to find that after 30 years and no one else had found it w- was an incredible discovery and again coming from ted kennedy ted, ted, ted kennedy might be the salvation. <laughs> of our sidewalk counselors (laughs) under the State (laughs) Act.
1: He would not like that. It's a wonderful (laughs) irony. It really really is, Peter. And uh, thank God you found that, and now I guess uh, sort of a court precedent has been set. And for the defense of other pro-life, you know, uh, persons who are trying to defend the unborn, uh, this will probably come in handy for many, many attorneys to come. And so that's quite an accomplishment by you, and by the Thomas More Society. Anything further? Just reflecting on what you what just happened. Do you, what do you see coming up now that now that you've celebrated yeah. this win for five minutes? Uh, what's the next challenge?
2: Well, you know, we, we're actually looking at a civil lawsuit for Mark. And you know, at first I thought, well, you know, he probably can't do it. But you know, as we've looked a little more closely, we might actually have some causes of action to try to even dig deeper on this. And to, again, the point is to make sure that this never happens to anyone else again. That's number one. But number two also, folks, people of faith, people of life need to take this to heart and go out and be go out with more confidence, more boldness to go out and minister, pray over those abortion clinics. Do not do not back down. I mean, now is the time we need folks on the sidewalk, Uh, you know, with with states making abortion uh, illegal, which is a wonderful thing. uh, Folks are flocking to the abortion clinics in other states. So there's more help needed. At those abortion clinics where you've still got them, Uh, and so you know, Mark's Mark's message to everyone after he came out of court was, "I'll be at Planned Parenthood next Wednesday. You know, where (laughs) will you be there with me? You know, Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's the spirit we've got to have here."
1: Yeah. Let me just add before we say goodbye here um, the 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 reason that Thomas More Society can defend people like that. I'm sure Mark doesn't have a with seven children and doing what he does. I'm sure he's not a wealthy man. Not many people can afford. Uh, what happens when the federal government comes after you. They, they, it, this is called warfare. They destroy you by the process. They destroy you by bankrupting you. And that's where an organization like Thomas More Society comes in and helps because they get donations from people like those of you listening. You know, many hens make light labor, and so that's, that's the way it works. So if you go to Thomas More, M-O-R-E Society, uh, you can find out what they do. They're defending David Dal Leiden on the Planned Parenthood tapes. They're doing great work. They've been doing it for such a long time, and they do it, you know, when Peter and uh, Tom and probably the other attorneys too, could be making a lot more money in a law practice. And so they deserve our support, and I hope that you'll give it. And with that, uh, Peter Breen, Executive Vice President of Thomas More Society, it's been wonderful talking to you and say hi to your beautiful wife, Margie, for me, okay?
2: Always great to chat, Sandy. Thank you.
1: I have to say that was really interesting to me uh, when, I, when I was in Chicago, and I was on the radio there for years, drive time, uh, and very involved in the pro-life movement, and lots of other things, as you can imagine. Uh, Peter was just a young man, and his wife Margie worked for uh, Cardinal George, uh, who was the, the cardinal for Chicago, and I got to know cardinal, cardinal George, and of course, all of my wonderful pro-life activist friends in Chicago. So this brings back Tremendous amount of um, memories, plus a lot of pride because with Tom Brecka, who founded Thomas Moore, Joe Scheidler, who became my—Joe has left us, but he was the the Green Beret of the pro-life movement. I'm telling you, I cut my teeth uh, on saving babies from those great men. And now Peter is the younger iteration uh, who now works with uh, Thomas Moore and all comes out of Chicago. I'm proud of that. I am. I think when you think of Chicago, you think of, well, let's see— You think of a dreadful mayor and of crime, and those things are true now, but it has been. And uh, I would say was an incredible city that produced a lot of people that fought, 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 and they're still there fighting. So a tribute to my hometown of Chicago, and also, more than that, a tribute to the good work of Thomas More Society. Well, when we return, I'm going to ask Bruce to join me because Bruce, uh, as you know, is an attorney. And as he was uh, listening to Peter talk, he has a lot of observations about that case in Philadelphia that Peter just won for Mark Houck. So I hope you'll stay tuned.
2: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
1: Sandy Rios back with you. Well, all right, Preborn is the best sponsor in the world for this discussion with Peter, don't you think? Uh, and if you would like to help come alongside Preborn, and in the process of that, you are, of course, supporting this show. Uh, you, It's a twofer, I guess you could say, if you enjoy the show. It's at, you go to preborn.com Sandy and make your most generous donation to preborn. It is tax deductible. And what does that do? I mean, what are you paying for? You're paying for, uh, you're providing for one ultrasound for $28 for one mom who's pregnant and isn't sure she can keep that baby. Uh, the ultrasound reveals the, the details of that little baby's body, whether it's a boy or a girl fingers and toes, heartbeat, all of that. It's pretty amazing. And that is, uh, the ultrasound has made it possible to save the lives of millions of babies since it was invented and perfected. I, I mean, it's just amazing. And so Preborn uses that to help save babies, and that's how you can help save them by giving at least $28. For one of those, $140 gives a, uh, five babies a chance to live, and all those gifts are tax deductible. So if you go to preborn.com Sandy, uh, you can make your most generous pledge—the thing, the amount that you are able to give. All right. Well, that discussion with Peter Breen, who again is the head of litigation for the Thomas More Society, was fascinating. And I've asked Bruce to join me. Bruce, for those of you that are new to the show, uh, was is an attorney and was an attorney with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in the days when it actually believed in justice. I have to say that. Uh, but uh, you can imagine how he grieves over what's happened to his agency. Uh, But uh, as an attorney, he practiced in Chicago, by the way, uh, for a number of years as a, what were you, Bruce? Uh,
3: Cook County State's Attorney.
1: Okay, Cook Cook County is the big county that uh, houses that little city of Chicago. All right, so what did you think about that discussion with Peter? I'm really interested to know your observations on that.
3: Well, I think you better get the muzzle out, Sandy, because you're going to have to quiet me down because this whole situation with Mark Hauck has just made me shot out of a cannon. I mean, the intimidation and the suppression that was being done. You can see that this was a targeted um, investigation and a targeted prosecution of Mark Hauck. This confrontation had taken place over a year before. It had already been litigated in municipal court uh, in which the escort failed on two occasions to even bother to show up to court to testify. So you can see how this really was nothing to him. But then the federal government saw an opportunity, oh, we've got this pro-lifer, we can really put the wood to him maybe. And don't tell me this was only about Mark Houck. This was about all of the pro-life movement and trying to shut it down.
1: No question about it, Bruce, because they did arrest and harass uh, other pro-lifers besides Mark Houck. Uh, and while they refused to go after any of those uh, uh vandals, I guess that's the nicest word I can think of, who destroyed pro, pro-life or pregnancy center uh, centers around the country and also pro-life uh, activists were attacked. Uh, they did no prosecutions of those people yeah. that did that.
3: Yeah, as, as uh, Peter said, there were 150 approximate uh, attacks on pro-life centers, not a single person arrested for any of them, but yet in the same time period, 26 people of the pro-life movement have been arrested on these faced charges whether they're valid or just trumped up. So I I mean that tells you really with the with the uh federal government's assets we cannot find one suspect on 150 attacks. And I have to tell you what also really irritates me about this was the way this arrest was conducted of Mark Houck. When I was an uh, an agent with the FBI um we we would get probable cause to arrest someone and we, but we'd have to get it, the permission of the U.S. Attorney's Office, and we would call them and say, hey, we want to go arrest this guy for such and such. And they would frequently say, no, no, you know, there's no need to go and arrest him. We'll, I'll just call his attorney, and we'll have him come in and surrender himself. And I'm not talking about a guy like Mark Houck. I'm talking about maybe a bank robber, uh, a a, 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 a large fraud, um, uh, someone engaged in large fraud, someone that has a a reason to maybe get out of town. Uh, The reasons that we would arrest people uh, rather than have them surrender is if they're a threat to destroy evidence. Well, in Mark Houck's case, what evidence is there? There's a video, uh, he has no evidence at his house. Um, Is he a threat to the community? Uh, Mark Houck had never been arrested for anything. He's not a threat to the community. Uh, would evidence, or, or excuse me, uh, would he flee the jurisdiction? <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he has seven, seven, seven children my, yeah. and a wife. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. But no, they were sending a message to the rest of the pro-life movement by making this a public spectacle and the force that was exhibited towards him. Uh, I cannot believe the FBI denied that there were guns pointed at him. We saw the video. There were guns pointed. And... uh it's, it's, just beyond, it's just beyond the pale.
1: Another thing here that I'd be really interested in your comments on, Bruce, uh, we are reading and seeing, and FBI whistleblowers are claiming, that the FBI is dropping prosecutions of things like char- child pornography and other kinds of prosecutions and focusing all of their attention with their agents on collecting domestic terrorists. And that includes pro-lifers. That also includes J6ers. What are your thoughts about that?
3: Well, we've seen that that's been happening, and there's a a couple of things about that. Um, Number one is these investigations are so important, child pornography. The the agents I knew that worked that, they almost had PTSD by the time they were done when they would see what would happen to children, and now we're going to ignore that. So some guy that walked through the Capitol can be brought to, quote-unquote, justice. The other thing that bothers me is we're getting word that— the FBI is what we would call cooking the books on how they're spending the money they're allocated for investigations. Every year, the the bureau is given a budget, and that's allocated to different types of investigations. And what they're doing is they're having the agents lie about how they're spending their time. In other words, say they're they have a budget to work on bank robbery. Well, what they're doing in the FBI is taking some of the bank robbery investigators and putting them onto these J6 investigations but telling those agents, look, when you fill out your time card daily as to what you did today, you put down you were working on bank robbery investigations, not January 6th, because we don't want to get in trouble with Congress. And also the the thought of that uh, by the FBI is then they're going to appeal to Congress down the road here and say, you know, we've got all these January 6th investigations that we need to take care of, and we don't have enough funding to do it. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's really, they're telling their own people to commit fraud on their time cards.
1: You know, it's pretty frightening, Bruce, and there's a lot more we could say about that. I would say um, the word on the street is that they are uh, also widening the swath. Well, they've said it. I mean, I think the Attorney General has as much as said this. They're widening the swath on J6. Uh, they're arresting, now they arrested the, uh, the, the doctor who tried to save the life of Ashley Babbitt. And there's a, there's a video out with, he's, tre- he's you, it's hard to see, but you can see it. He's bending over her, trying to save her life, and one of the Capitol policemen pulls him away, pulls him off of her and just starts to yell at him. You can't hear the words, but you see his face yeah. and anger. And so they're, now they're arrested that doctor for and charged him with all kinds of things. Yeah. I think one's a felony. They've
3: charged him with two felonies and two misdemeanors, and he's a doctor in California. <laughs> uh, seeing the way things have gone in California, you can bet that the Medical Association will probably go after yeah. him out there and yeah. try to take his medical license. Yeah. I mean, the ramifications of these things, they're a lot more than just being charged with a crime. People are being shunned by their neighbors. People are being thrown out of jobs. People are being denied admissions into things. Yeah. I, this thing runs deep.
1: It does run deep, and it runs all the spectrum. You know, of all the J Sixers that I have talked to, Bruce, and some of them are from very humble backgrounds, and some have, you know, small business had small businesses that have been just they've lost them. They're losing their families all the way up to someone like John Eastman, who was a. You know, the with Chapman Law School as a mm-hmm. one of the uh, one of the deans there, uh, and many other accolades, and now he's being punished and threatened to lose his law license. So it runs the full gambit. It is a war against people who love the Constitution, who felt the election had been wrongly decided, against people who believe life is sacred, uh, that the Constitution does not, you know, secure the right to abortion you fill in the blank against people who I guess want to still use gasoline and oil it's going to it's, the the cause will expand they'll think of more and more reasons to come after what they will consider their enemies and the reason I say that with assurance is because that's the pattern in totalitarian societies the the swath continues to widen and no one is safe if you think you can be safe by just being quiet and not giving an opinion maybe for 5 minutes you'll be safe or maybe for the next 2 years but it the 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 Meter always moves. It's going to move and it will include you in time. You'll either have to declare allegiance to them and all of their horrible, woke, leftist agenda, or you will be in trouble. So, um, you know, hear this thing. I need to say this, Bruce, because that's pretty discouraging. I want you all to know that there is a God in heaven, He is the God of all justice, He sees everything. He sees every arrest, every act of malfeasance, every word that was spoken in anger and uh, lashing out, painful, all the injustices, and it has nothing to do with color. God is colorblind. It has nothing to do with your position. God doesn't care about capitalism or communism. He cares about the people that he created, and he is watching everything. And there will be justice. I don't know if it's going to be in this life, but there will be justice. And he's the one who gives us this sense of righteous indignation. That's not right, we say. There's, that's not right, we say. We feel it in our, in our hearts. That's not fair. That's not right. That's something that God has placed in our hearts. It's been perverted by the left, but you know it, it has to do with what's right and what's wrong. And so, uh, don't be discouraged. If you don't know that God, then it's time to get to know Him, because He is the source of life, of strength, of energy. He gives us eternal hope, living hope, the Bible says. And so, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with that. And so, I want you to know that we're very grateful that you listened. I hope you uh, um, well enjoyed, is that the word? But this is a victory we celebrated with Peter Breen today. So, I hope you did enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. You want to say bye, honey?
3: I do, and I want to say, and leave it to God through Ted Kennedy's own lips to provide a defense for Mark Howe that that statute did not apply to escorts. (laughs) Only God could do that. I like that ending.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right, goodbye for today. See you soon.